Pharisee, I preach the gospel I follow the apostles, you follow Pentecostals You're not reformed, so that's a risk I believe the five points like an asterisk I repent, but you're in sin still I spit rhymes and Fernando does a windmill Here we go, welcome to another episode of Soul Cast It's your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez And with my man, Jimmy De Los Santos How you doing, Pastor Chris? And Pastor Henry Knox Hey, what's up, what's up? What's going on, Pastor Chris? What's up, Jimmy? How are you guys doing this uh, cold morning? <laughs> it's not as cold as it has been. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's 35, so it's above the freezing yeah. mark, right? Yeah. Like, Th- you know. Think about what you just said. It's not as cold <laughs> as it has been. It's 35. <laughs> right. So, like uh, I was telling you before we started that, we had gotten started going back to work two days a week. And this week they had to cancel those out, right? Uh, so we've been in the in the month of January, we've been going Tuesdays and Thursdays into the into the building. And this week they canceled them both because the freeze happened. It's something else. It seems like uh, just about every February for the last three years we've been getting something like this. Uh, but but it was it was it was a, a ice storm, snowstorm covered the roads, made it really difficult. There was a lot of accidents out there, and I felt like I was just stuck in the house for like four days. Um, yeah, I feel like we've been getting one of these every year for the past few years, right? Like you said, you know, people that don't live in Dallas, I, I don't know how you guys deal with it in other cities, but like. You know, our whole city shuts down. No, we stay in the house, right? <laughs> yeah. and you gotta, like when we hear it's coming, you know, we go and run, we make a grocery run. And then like the grocery stores are empty yeah. the day before and there's nothing on the shelves. And then you just, you know, you pray you have enough uh, groceries to to last <laughs> yeah. you, you know. <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that because, I mean, I had done uh, on Sunday, I had done uh, some meal prepping, right? So I had cooked several different kinds of meals and I had them in the fridge. Easy for me to take to, to work and just, you know, easy for me to make lunch. But man, I tell you what, I didn't think I'd be eating the same thing over and over. Right. I thought at some point <laughs> I'd be able to, you know, get out. And so like uh, me and my daughter, my daughter couldn't go to work either. And we were both in here like, okay, we're tired of the same food. So we took a, on, I think it was uh Wednesday or Tuesday. I can't remember what day it was, but one of those days we're like, Let's let's take the, the the trip to Domino's, which is a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and pick up a couple of pizzas. Uh, after a few days indoors, you want some jagged advice. Things you don't even really want, man. That you usually don't eat. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know me, me and uh, Jimmy. You know we live in the city, and you know the, it, there's overpopulation and food is scarce. But you know, Pastor Henry can just go outside his backyard and kill a cow. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's got uh, plenty yeah, of food, man. He, yeah. he, he don't he don't have no chickens back there. If he had yeah, to, man. Yeah. When you live in a semi-rural area, you, you kind of learn to uh, to stock up a little bit. So, and we had plenty of firewood. We had like, you know, we went to the store. We got some, uh, you know, I don't know, like some frozen pizzas and just a variety of stuff. So, like, we're always like, we have like something like, because, you know, driving in, in the town takes 15, 20, 20 minutes. So, you know, you just keep it, keep it on hand, but yeah. uh, it's good. I think I may, may have asked you, you know, during the week, you guys give the groceries. You're like, you, you answer me like, of course, man, it's me. You know me. I, I'm ready for everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. I mean, when you live out here, man. Now, now, one thing that I wish I had done, man, because of, you know, because of Biden's economy is, uh, <laughs> is uh, I wish I had bought some chicken with these egg, egg prices, bro. <laughs> yeah, I seen those memes going around like somebody uh, proposing with a with a with an egg ring <laughs> instead of a, <laughs> instead of a diamond. I saw I saw a video of a guy trying to impress a girl by buying extra eggs in the grocery store. She was all, she was all impressed, but by the time by the time they they walked out, she was in the cart with him. Right. So like, well, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Maybe it might be more impressive to get him a, a dozen eggs instead of a dozen roses. <laughs> and go all yeah. out, get the get the eighteen count. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, they, <laughs> by the time April comes, we'll know the the uh, the churches that are not good uh, stewards by how many Easter egg hunts they uh, they have. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's true, right? Think about those uh, those helicopter drops, right? They usually happen. Ain't gonna be doing that this year. Yeah. The eggs are gonna cost more than the helicopter rental. <laughs> it wouldn't be worth it, I, I don't think. I, I... But you know, people churches like to show the the, the colors of the eggs during uh, Easter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about I thought about yeah. going with that segue, and then Chris went ahead and got it. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, what are people going to think? What color were you thinking about, Pastor Chris?" I don't know, just rainbow colors, I guess. <laughs> speaking of rainbow colors, well, you yeah, say you're egg affirming. <laughs> 
Yeah, speaking of rainbow colors, so uh, we'll go we'll go ahead and jump right into it. So, uh, you know, there's a, a viral clip that's been going around the Internet. I'm, I figure if you're listening to this show, more than likely you've heard it or at least seen it or heard about it. But uh, Pastor Andy, Andy Stanley has, uh, you know, said some things that kind of has gotten him into some hot water uh, over the Internet by, by a lot of people. I guess the hot water it depends on which side, right, which side is, is, is talking about this. But uh, he had mentioned some things about, uh, you know, gay Christianity, gay Christians. And he has said some things in the past. I'm not sure, guys, have we talked? Have we devoted a whole segment to Andy Stanley? No, before? no. I don't think we have. We have we have covered and and gone through a video of uh, I believe Matt Chandler before, right? Uh, but we've never talked about Andy Stanley. I think we might have made some jokes about an unhitching from the Old Testament, uh, but we've never yeah, devoted a, a, an episode, right? Okay, yeah. So Andy Stanley, for those that don't know, I'm pretty sure most people out there know who he is. But for those that don't know, he's a pastor of a mega church out in Atlanta called North Point Church. Uh, he is the son of a, a very popular uh, pastor. TV evangelist, TV pastor, uh, Charles Stanley. I'm sure, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you uh, have been in church for a while, you know who he is. So Andy Stanley is a pastor of a a mega church out in Atlanta, very popular pastor, very influential. And he has said some things before in the past that that we took an issue with, like like Jimmy just said, uh, he had mentioned, you know, Christians need to unhitch from the Old Testament and so forth. But this time, you know, he's talking about gay Christians. And we're going to go ahead and play a clip. And then we're just going to spend the uh, episode talking about what he said, uh, because I think there's some 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 very concerning things in, in this clip that we're going to play. So let's go ahead and set it up this way. We'll play the clip. And then afterwards, we'll play the whole clip. And then afterwards, we'll just kind of discuss from what we hear. So here's Pastor Andy Stanley from North Point Church. Figure out how to get straight people. As excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay men and women, okay, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm going to try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Where do you go that you're not sure you're going to be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place. I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff. But just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father, who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. God said no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who want to worship with us. And I know the verses. I know the clobber passages, right? We got to figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. Yeah. So what are your thoughts, guys? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot to, to discuss. I mean, uh, the first thing right off the bat, he says something about um, his own experiences. I think that's where we start because he's not he's not coming from scripture. This is my experience in my church right. uh, when it comes to, you know, who volunteers. Um, and I, and I got to tell you, I've been I've been part of a mega church before. And I know that I volunteered with some who who uh, may have had those i didn't straight out ask you know we don't always straight out ask hey are you a uh, same sex attracted i mean what what kind of question would that be but i i know that there have been some and and i you know realized from the uh, you know effeminate characteristics that they might have shown at some points that i was dealing with somebody that that may struggle with those issues um but at the same time there were plenty of other volunteers that were um not homosexuals or, or not uh, didn't tend to go that way. So I don't, I don't know, you know, that's not been my experience. I mean, if we're bringing experience into it, but uh, you know, as you can tell, Andy starts with experience. Right. Uh, 
So, yeah, I, I think I think that that's that's the biggest telltale sign. And and I mean, e- even before you can even go to the homosexuality thing, obviously a sin. Uh, you know, he uh, uses the personal experience as the launch pad or as the jumping point of his. Yeah, I just I, I hate using the word sermon for these guys' speeches. I'm sorry. I just I, I hate <laughs> I hate doing that. But it's like this is the result. Like once you let go of the inerrancy of scripture, because we've talked about Andy Stanley before in, in terms of yeah. scripture itself. You know, he's the same person who said, you know, we have to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament you know, the Bible is not sufficient in all things. We have to work these things out. He even made a, made a comment saying, we have to figure this out. Not, not we have to go to the Bible, not we have to go to scripture and rely on its authority uh, to speak. Not that this is God's revealed word for our lives, for faith and practice, but we have to figure this out, you know, like, because we have to figure it out because it's based upon my personal experience and not upon scripture. So that's the first uh, uh, thing to go. And then, um, you know, you know, accepting everything after that is easy because once you let go of the authority of scripture, then everything else kind of falls, falls from there. Yeah. Hey, yeah. just before you take it, just to give context, this was this speech or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. It seems like he's sitting down and, uh, he's trying to teach <laughs> off a of, of a PowerPoint or something like that, but he's it's at a, the the drive conference last year in May of 2022. Yeah, uh, and so this is a I don't know. I, I also had you know questions about it because it really did seem like there's a spotlight on him and the the sanctuary's dark, and I'm not used to going to conferences that look like that, right? So um, you know, seeing him in, in that way, but uh, in any case, that there's the context of where he gave this uh, particular talk. Mm. Yeah. And just for additional context, too, I think we need to make clear that there's a debate going on in evangelical circles and Christianity about this term gay Christian. Like, is is it something that we should even use? Because, Jimmy, you mentioned earlier, same sex attracted. Now, we, we do understand that there are going to be Christians that, that on this side of eternity struggle with sin. And we would we land on the side that, you know, same sex attractiveness needs to uh, be mortified just like any other sin. But however, there are some people out there that would say that, you know, that's just a temptation. And, you know, if you are attracted to the uh, same sex, then, you know, that's just, a, you know, a struggle you're going to have for the rest of your life. As long mm-hmm. as you're celibate, you know, you're fine. You're not sinning. Uh, but go ahead and, and, and you know, just wrestle with those uh, thoughts your whole life. And, and, you know, go ahead and call yourself a gay Christian if you like, because, you know, you're gay, you're same-sex attracted. Just don't act on that, right? So there's there's a debate going on. Now, we don't know where Andy Stanley stands. I mean, is he, I, again, I don't know much. I don't, this is not a guy I listen to all the time. But, you know, what is he talking about here when he mentions gay Christianity? Is he talking about these same-sex attracted that are trying to live celibate lives? Is he talking about homosexuals that are practicing homosexuals living in an open, unrepentant lifestyle? We just don't know, right? I mean, there's no there's no uh, context here to, to kind of uh, make that judgment there. But I think there's danger either way. I think there's danger anyway in affirming, you know, that you are a gay Christian. I mean, let, let's take that, you know, another way. Would you say, you know, uh, a drunk Christian? Would you say uh, mm-hmm. a thief, right? You know, no. We, we If we were thieves growing up or if we still, you know, battle these with these thoughts and wrestle with these thoughts in our minds, uh, that's not what we should want to be identified as. You know, yeah. we should want to be identified as I mean, he mentioned the text in, in First Corinthians six in that in that uh, that again sermon or message or whatever you want to call it, right? And and let me just read the passage that he's referring to. Uh, or do you not know? Verses verse nine. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So do we want to go around, you know, making this a practice saying, you know, uh, idolaters at adulterers are welcome here. You know, they're welcome to serve. Do we want to say that? I mean, yeah. if you even if you have a problem with lust, you know, do we want to label you as an adulterer? I don't think that's the way. Again, the text says in verse 11, and such were some of you. There's a true conversion that that should happen. And again, we're not saying that you're not going to to battle the remnants of the flesh as a Christian, but there is a conversion that happens once you come to Christ. You are the old man has been put to death. You know, there's been a, a discussion that we've had at Ecclesia about starting some kind of a, you know group that we would have for you know uh, addictions and things like that. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, and we've discussed you know 
the 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 way it's formatted when it comes to Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or or there's a thing called Overcomers and and there's Celebrate Recovery. But one of the things that we we discussed kind of uh not at length but a little bit was the way that Alcoholics Anonymous will reinforce the idea even after 20 years you haven't had a drink but you're you're coming in and, and continuing to say hi my name's Jimmy and I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Right? right. And 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 this idea I think uh, continues to be uh, uh, have its psychological effects on, on on the person. I'll never I'll never be over this. Um, to which to which I, I tend to say, you know, I, I come from a, a life, my 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 old life uh, before Christ was a, was uh, had had a lot of drugs in it, right? Um, and I don't tend to be tempted in that way these days. I don't think about that like that. It's been twenty years, over twenty years, and so uh, I think that. When God does a work, He does a good work, yeah. right? And He He moves you from this space to that space. Uh, if you give Him, um, no, I say if you give Him, He's going to do the work, regardless. I think that when we when we stay in the Word, uh, when we pray, when we get involved in our churches, uh, God God tends to you know change that heart from a, a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, and we begin to understand our, our worship to Him is 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 vital, and He changes our hearts. So I think to, I tend I, I tend to agree with you, Chris. I think that um, such were some of you means a lot out of that passage. Uh, we don't we don't want them to stay uh, in that space. I do want to I do want to mention this though that there is something that he says in the longer clip. There's a longer clip uh, that I listened to, um, and he he's he said uh, this. I mean, maybe in a different context. Got yeah, got to go listen to the whole thing. But he says if you're gay. Don't hear that you're complicated and difficult. You're not the problem. Mm. Right now, in that passage, what he's saying, if you're gay and in my church, Mm. you're not the problem. Right. And it's the way the church has been treating you is what he's addressing. But at the same time, in that space, in that sentence, what he's saying is you're not the problem. It's almost like he's saying you can stay the way you are. You're not the problem. Right, we need to we need to change the attitude that we have towards you, right? And and I think that's the problem. If you go listen to the longer clip, you'll hear him say that. So basically, and, uh, the church needs to repent, not the yeah practice yeah. homosexual. The church yeah. needs to learn how to deal with the gay Christian, um, and and so that's that's what he's preaching. Yeah, I I, I definitely saw that, and of course, you know, heard that, and um, you know, he's he's no different than any other uh, person that is quote unquote affirming in this particular area. Um, but like I said, you know, it, it's, it starts with scripture and then you begin to affirm different sins based upon your personal experience. You know, if my son is gay, then, you know, I, you know, I never felt this way before. Or like he said, you know, I got several gay people in the church that have more faith, faith than we do. And it's like, it's like, you know, where do, where do, where do, where do, where do you go? You know, when when pe- people reject you or ostracize you or whatever, I'm like, I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm like, bro, like we go into the world every single day and get ostracized because we're Christian. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I mean, a true Christian that 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 has their faith outward and open that doesn't hide their light un- under un- under a bush. Right. Um, so it's like, you know, he is using these phrases and these terms to be affirming. And that's a sec- second secondary thing. Um when we say that we're affirming a particular person's lifestyle or we're going to um, affirm somebody's identity, if that identity is not in Christ, then we are affirming sin. We are not affirming Christ in the spirit. We are affirming uh, uh, the sin in the flesh, right? Because sexuality has to do with sin and flesh. I mean, Jesus even said, and he corrected the Pharisees, he says, you do error, not knowing you know, the scriptures. He says, you know, people who are in heaven are going to be like the angels. They're they're not going to be given into marriage. There's not going to be any consummation physically. There's going to be, um, uh, you know, the lamb of God, me, the bridegroom, and the church is going to be the consummated uh, group of people that are there. And so if, if you're identifying with anything fleshly, whether it be race, whether it be your sexuality, et cetera, you're identifying with sin and the flesh. That's the basic bottom line. And if you're a church or pastor in this case, who is affirming that identity in sin and the flesh, 
then you're leaving off 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 the spirit and you've left Christ. I mean, that's as, as plain as I can make it. Yeah, just to to bring in more context, you know, there's a we 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 were kind of you know in our research, we we came across this upcoming conference that's being promoted and it's actually being hosted by uh, Stanley's Church, North Point Church. Uh, now, I, I I don't see an official. I, I don't, I'm not sure what hosted here means. I mean, does it mean that they're point, putting it on that they, you know, are renting it out? I, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but just well, looking Stanley, at the website, yeah, Stanley is the main speaker. Right, right. It's, it's called embracing yeah. embracing the journey. Is this the one here? Yeah, yeah. embracing the journey. Uh, and it's just looking at, at the speakers. I mean, Stanley is speaking with some open homosexuals. I, I see one here that is an open homosexual. I actually recently got so-called married uh, with his partner on Facebook. And then, you know, just looking down here, looking at these uh, breakout sessions. I mean, let me just read read off some of some of them to you. Embracing your journey with your LGBTQ child plus child, transgender and gender non-binary, the transgender journey. So you see, I think there's plenty here to to see that you know we we talk. I mentioned earlier, not sure which way uh, Andy Stanley is leaning on on the whole uh, you know gay Christianity debate, but I don't know. I mean, there's strong evidence here by participating with some of these uh, speakers that are practicing homosexuals that maybe he is leaning towards you know affirming it totally rather than just affirming you know the the identity thing. Yeah, you know, as we were researching uh, for this over the over the past week, I came across some tweets of a guy uh, who was giving a, a testimony from 2019 where he was sitting in a room with Andy Stanley at that point, uh, realizing that he may have some heretical views when it comes to uh, homosexuality and, 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 and the whole, you know, transgender debate. Um, at that time, it was a room full of pastors and he felt that he couldn't, he couldn't come forward um, because this was stuff that was talked about in private uh, that maybe he would repent and, and come back to a uh, biblical, uh, a biblical understanding, but now that he's out and open about it, he thought you know he could give his his testimony. It was a long string in, twi- in Twitter uh, uh, of things that this guy was was saying about Stanley and having these views. So now it just seems like it's uh, he he's he's come to to a place where he feels like he can go ahead and just outright say it. This is this is uh this is where the direction that we're going, and um, you know I, I I wonder about you know his church. How many in his church feel like, well, this is not direction I signed up for, right? Uh, at, at some point, uh, you know, do you, do, do, or is he telling the church, you have to get on board with this or, you know, uh, because, because in, in the video, if you notice, he, he knows, he, he said straight out that, uh, you know, we have a lot to learn from them, right? He's, he's basically saying, hey, uh, they're here. And they have a lot to teach us, mm. right? And gay people, you're not the problem, right? We're the problem. And I, I got to ask the question. One of, one of the very first things he said in the clip we just played was uh, how the church has treated the gay community. And my question is, how has the church treated the gay community, right? Now, I, when I say that, I, I mean, I know I've witnessed to, to people that are um, homosexual before on the streets. And I haven't looked at them and said, ooh, don't come near me. I don't want to talk to you. You're mm-hmm. homosexual. Mm-hmm. It's never been the case, right? The case has always been is, let me share the good news of Jesus Christ with you. That's always been the case. It's never been a case where I shunned them and I didn't want them here. If, 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 a, if, a, if a gay person showed up at my church, I would want to sit with them and teach them the, uh, the, the, you know, the true gospel, the, the true good news. Uh, when he says that, how the church has treated the gay community, what's his view of that? Right. Right. I mean, it's basically he says it later on. He's, he's, he calls some of the scriptures that he just mentioned clobber passages. That's his view. Yeah. He views that he he says that we're basically clobbering the homosexual community by reading the Bible. That's <laughs> you know, that's how we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He he knows that he has to get out in front of it. So he's already labeling scripture in a negative light, especially the scriptures that speak against this particular sin. Everything that he's trying to affirm and trying to bring into the church as like this Trojan horse of like love and acceptance and everything else, he's trying to get out in front of it automatically. So he's trying to um, sort of quell the argument before it even begins, because he knows, like everybody else knows, 
that the Bible is against this particular sin, just like the Bible is against every single sin because it's God's revealed word. So it's like, dude, we can't accept this based upon your personal experience, based upon my personal experience. And these are not clobber passages. These are just passages of the Bible that just so happen to condemn sin, period. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you wanted clobber passages, why does why doesn't he just go to Exodus 20? Right. There's <laughs> there's like 10 commandments right there. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there, I, there's a lot of clobber passages right there. <laughs> there's yeah. 10, 10. And it's and it's and it's so funny how how they will automatically label, you know, scriptures in Leviticus, Romans, and of course, you know, uh first uh, Corinthians as clobber passages, but man, they will go to the to the passages, you know, uh you know, you know, the Bible says we ought to love one another. You know, the Bible says love your neighbor, love your enemies, or whatever. Okay, so which one do you want? Do you want the authority of scripture to reign or do you not want the authority of scripture to reign? Like you gotta pick one, bro. Like right. can't pick and choose which one we're going to which scriptures we're we're going to affirm. You know, that when you say that, Pastor Henry, just so so that I sent you guys a a tweet. Um where Andy Stanley's sitting on the stage and the the the, the PowerPoint behind him has a message. I'm going to read that message so, so that you can just to your point, listen to what it says. When you anchor the authority of your teaching to the Bible, you reinforce an assumption that has the potential to weaken rather than establish faith. Mm. I, I was floored by that tweet. When I read that, I was like, I mean, when I saw the picture and saw that behind, hold on, what you're telling me when you anchor the authority of your teaching to the Bible you have the potential to weaken faith. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, the, 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 what does the, the Bible say about itself? It's, it's, it's sharper than any two edged sword. Yeah. To the body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is the word that, that uh, strengthens our faith. The more I read my Bible, mm. I mean, uh, that's my prescription for anybody that's, that's struggling, right. Get into the word, get yeah. into the word. It's always going to be my prescription. Amen. Right. Yeah, there's a couple of other connected things that he said in that clip that kind of stood out to me. Uh, and this kind of speaks to the whole way uh, that people with mega churches and not every mega church. Look, I, I know sometimes guys on our side always rail on mega churches. And, uh, you know, I think there are some big churches out there that are faithful. So I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not making a blanket statement here. But I think a lot of mega churches like Stanley's, uh, you know, they, they view the Christian life as, uh, you know, this big, you know, production, this big program, if you will. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and notice that had he, that he mentioned in the, that clip, he had said, you know, that this is the way we, we kind of affirm the Christianity by their service. Like, look, look, look how they're, look how much they're serving in the church. Look how, and I don't know what, what he means by that. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he's talking about, are they giving Sunday school classes? Are they in the parking lot, directing traffic? I, I don't know what kind of service, but Typically, what you'll see in a lot of these mega churches is like it's 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 very program driven, and you know you need to you know get into this church and do X and do Y and do Z, and and this is how you know you kind of prove your Christianity by 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 getting on board with the team with with the with the corporate you know mission and everything like that, and that just kind of that that's a different philosophy of ministry that that guys like us have because you know we are we're not very program driven we're, we're Lord's Day driven we're means of grace driven right mm-hmm. and we believe that this is the way the the Christian grows, uh, you know, even, you know, uh, talking about discipleship and so forth. Yes, we, we believe in one-on-one discipleship but we're for, for small groups and everything. But I believe the way, the main way that a person is sanctified and discipled is by consistently attending Lord's Day service, by consistently being obedient to the fourth commandment, uh, honoring the Sabbath and, and, and bringing your family to church. And, and that is the way, it, it, it may be a slow process for some, but that is the way that you are going to, you know, grow into, into uh, the image of the sun, be conformed to the image of the sun by constantly being discipled every Lord's day and not only receiving the, the word of God on, on, on Sunday, but also the means of grace, prayer, communion, all these things that you, you don't know, they're doing so much to you and building you up. Whereas, you know, this whole philosophy of ministry from a lot of these mega churches, it's not like that. It's like, okay, what are you doing to serve this church? What are you doing for, you know, the, the, the team? What are you doing for the corporation and so yeah. forth? So I, I think you see, you know, that play out in what he's talking about as well. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the um, <clears throat> the uh, mega churches make the folly of trying to make the membership busy rather than guiding the membership and being holy, right? Yes, yes. So it's like, let's just stay busy. Let's stay busy feeding the homeless. Let's yes. stay busy doing conferences. Let's stay busy doing children's ministry. 
let's stay busy uh, reaching out to all the schools and everything else, which again, feeding the homeless and doing all these good, good things in the church and these programs and everything else, these things can be good things, but at the foundation of it and infused in all of the actions, it needs to be led by the nature of scripture and guiding you towards holiness. Like, you know, when these children are inside of a room, what are these children being taught? You know, when you're out feeding the homeless, are you sharing the gospel or are you just sharing sandwiches? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's like every work that the church does needs to be with the focus and the mindset on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're in the church and it's a program that's done for Christians, it should be focused on sanctification. How are these Christians going to grow based on doing these works, not doing the works and then hope everybody kind of figures it out at some point how to grow in their sanctification. It's, it's, it's sort of the opposite end. You know, um, when it comes to the volunteer thing uh, that you're saying, I mean, the busyness of volunteering as Pastor Henry, as you're, as you're talking about, we, we've been talking about the holiness. Is, is, is that going to make you more holy to, to be involved in all these things or, or does the Bible prescribe us to get in our prayer closets and pray and get intimate with God and be in the word of God? These are, these are things that we, that we take upon ourselves. I, I think a lot of times um, the busyness of it all is just, it's just a, 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 a front, a virtue signal, right? Like, look at me, what I'm mm-hmm. doing. And, and so I can show you this, but ultimately God desires truth in the inward parts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Psalm Amen. 51, right? I mean, this is this is this is true. Got to be true to your heart. You know something that Stanley said in that clip was uh, they didn't listen to the cry of their hearts when they were twelve, thirteen, or fourteen, or fifteen, or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm wondering what was the cry of their heart? Because at twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, the cry of my heart was sin, right? And so mm-hmm. if he's saying that, uh, well, they didn't listen to uh, to that to that cry of their hearts. They didn't go that way. They they resisted. And look at how great they are because they did that. And then he's connecting all that work. Yeah. to a faith that's greater than yours. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's works-based righteousness, right? Yeah. Right. It's, exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's okay. I'm affirming your righteousness by how much you're doing, not right. affirming your righteousness by uh, you submitting your life to, to Christ, by, by bringing your life to the cross and allowing Christ to uh, make you new, right? So it's works-based righteousness. Okay. You are more holier than these people over here because of what you're doing. Right. That's, exactly. That's it is. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and don't get, a, don't, don't get us wrong. I mean, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. There are lazy Christians, you know what I'm saying? Like, like right. there are apathetic <laughs> Christians, like don't get us, get, get us wrong at all. And they need to be sanctified from that. But when you take a person who is affirmed in an identity that is opposed to Christ and a person who has affirmed Christ as their identity, these are two different categories that we're talking about. You know, this Christian who is committing themselves to works is not committing themselves to works to impress God or to impress the congregation or to gain more salvation or to show more faith. This person has committed themselves because they identify with Christ. If there is a person over here who's working for, I don't know, Habitat for Humanity, or let's say they're working for the uh, church or whatever and doing some type of volunteerism, they're only affirming their lifestyle. They don't have more faith than the Christian, but they may have more physical works but what does God say about people who are not in Christ? It, you know, like if you don't have God, if you're not the elect of God, then everything you're committing yourself to is nothing but a filthy rag that you're going to bring right. bring to God on the day of, of judgment. And that's what we're talking about. Our works are affirmed in our identity because Christ has done the work. We're doing the works of Christ. Their works are affirmed by man. And all, and the only thing man can bring to God is filthy rags because that that's the nature of our works. There's something else that that was kind of kind of maybe is a little off the subject, but that he said in there, he said, you know, where do you guys go where you're not accepted? And I'm thinking in my mind, <laughs> have you have you not been paying attention to what's happening to uh, Bible believing Christians these days? Yeah. I mean, we're not really accepted anywhere anymore, right? I mean, we're yeah. we're the outcasts, not not uh, yeah. you know homosexual. Transgenders that, are more accepted than Christians, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah. that proves. Because this is based upon his personal experience, and I don't know this for sure. I can't say this to be you know super explicit, but when you have an attitude like that, that lets me know that you're not sharing the gospel. Mm. And yeah, and when you're not living and sharing the gospel, you will have a pretty easy life in this world. 
because the world will not be opposed to you. You will get the promotion. You will uh, be able to have these friend groups. You will be in the in crowd, in the in circles, because you're operating off of your flesh. You're operating off your personal experience because the world hates Christ. Therefore, they will hate you. And, and, and oftentimes, man, unless God has blessed you with a, with a, with a Christian business and, and that's a part of your environment, in every other place, not even just the in-laws house, as, as, he, as he put it, every other place okay. I, am, I am ostracized and I am not accepted. Every room right. I step in because I am living and preaching the gospel. Um, in, right. in all of my conversations, but right, Christians that, 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 that don't, they they have a pretty easy coasting life, and they think that this is the identity of every single Christian. Let's play. Let's play hypothetical real quick, Jimmy. You live in. You work in a corporate building and a corporate uh, with a corporate company. If you yeah. were to show up, you know, in in your office, let's say, I hate this word, but Bible thumping, just talking about you know sharing the gospel or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, would you be more accepted doing that or showing up in a dress? <laughs> you know what you know what chris you're you're absolutely right they would right today i have to take courses in diversity equity and inclusion uh, right. as as part of as part of the um sexual harassment code of conduct kind of thing right uh, and uh this is the thing right if somebody did show up in a dress in the next cubicle next to me i wouldn't sit here and said you know pull my crucifix out and try to touch their forehead or something like that to get the demons out of them or something like that. That's not the way corporate corporate works. Right. Um, If I did go Bible thumping. Yeah. I'd get talked to by HR. Yeah. Right. I I get this here. Here's the, here's the thing though. When you, when you, when you bring that up, Chris, this is the way the world is changing. And to to pastor Henry's point, we've been going through the book holiness in our men of action um, of Bible study Um, and holiness, man, when you read that book, uh, Ryle, J.C. Ryle, it's does such a good job of, of showing you where that's going to be. You know what? You're not going to be like the rest of the world. If you are like the rest of the world, then you will get the crowd that mm-hmm. Andy Stanley has. Andy Stanley has a bunch of people following him because he's okay with their fleshly desires, right? And uh, something that, that he says of some of those clobber passages or some of those where, where you're, you don't feel welcome, you know what? Here's the thing for the Christian. Every time he goes to church on Sunday, if the pastor's doing a good job, you'll feel like you're not welcome. You'll feel convicted. You'll feel like he's seeing my sin, right? And he's calling me out for my sin. This right. should be every Sunday. This should be every Lord's Day. You sit there and, you, and you're listening to the pastor preach and you're like, yeah, man, that's that's hitting a home right now, right? Uh, I should feel unwelcome <laughs> during the sermon if the sermon's preaching a, convict, a sin convicting kind of thing, right? And so for him to say, you know, they don't feel welcome here. You know what? Every one of you is welcome to come and hear a sermon and be convicted of your sin, right? That's, you're welcome. You're welcome to come to that. To that. Yeah. I, 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 I remember, uh, and I'm, I'm going to try to make this as PG-13 as possible, but I, I remember working for an insurance company. And, and if you ever work for an insurance company, when you're a rookie making like, you know, uh, making a commission, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be on the phone. You know, you're cold calling. You know, you're running leads and stuff like that and everything. And, uh, you know, they had us lined up and it was like six of us or whatever, six salesmen or whatever. Right. And so uh, there was one one guy. He was definitely, you know, gay. And then there was a girl and a couple other people and, and myself or whatever. So 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 we're on, we're on the phone. And I was I used to have my Bible out because, of course, at lunchtime, I would take a lunch really, really quick. Thirty minutes, go, go read my Bible or whatever. My Bible is on top of the desk. And so one of the senior guys came by was like. Yeah, you know, we have clients come in, you know, we we try to make, you know, the office neutral, you know. So, you know, if if you wouldn't mind, you know, just kind of putting that thing. I mean, I didn't have he didn't tell me I had to, but there was this attitude like you need to put 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 that away because we want to make the office environment neutral, right? Hmm. And I'm and I'm staring at this guy and I'm thinking in my head, but I'm a rookie, so I don't want to say anything because you know, of course, of course, the big guys can give you leads. So you got to be wise about how you kind of come off or whatever. But I'm like, there's a gay guy over here with a coffee cup of a frog with a huge phallic sticking out of it. And you're telling me to put away my Bible. Are you hmm. kidding me? Like, yeah. it, I mean, it's, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And they thought it was funny. It was, it was, it was funny. It was accepted. It was, it was, it was praised in some points and he was allowed to have that thing out just sitting out there. I mean, it's, it, it's crazy to me. 
insane. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy. I don't think they'd go that far at my job. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, put that cup away, man. Put that mug away. Right? Like, oh my goodness, right? Well, what what's going on there, Pastor? All right. Yeah. I got a question I'd like to kind of maybe end with. Uh, I think it'd, it'd be good and helpful. So so we've been talking about this approach that Stanley has towards, you know, people coming to his church, gay Christians, whatever. Again, we don't like to use that word, but let's say there is somebody that that does come. Let me just pre- present this question. You know, how do you guys accept, not accept, deal with gay people coming to your church? What, do we, what is what is what is the church? Because he's he's obviously has a problem with the way we've been doing things. Let's just put it out there. How do we treat people like this in our church? Yeah, I, I think I think I think me and uh, uh, Pastor Steele talked about this, and, and I, I think every church handles it differently. But I would say this: if if there is no, but again, it's, it's the same way that I would point out or I would treat a heterosexual, quote unquote, and I'm using that in quotations, couple, whatever, right? If there is like a large amount of heavy petting with a particular person or a partner, as they would call it, is there or whatever, that's like a no-no. I mean, you know, we even get on some of the some of the teenagers that are at the church whenever they do that, and or, or, or they've done that before or whatever, and we do the exact same thing. But if you come in, you're ready to listen to the word, et cetera. Um, but I do think, you know, in terms of offices, in, term, in terms of committees, I am a strong uh, person sort of against that. Because if you identify as what you say you identify as, I would have to have a strong conversation before I allow you on a committee or the greeting team or, 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 or the worship team or whatever. So there's different levels to it, right? Um but if a person is is struggling with same sex attraction and they come into the church and they want to listen to uh, of the word and they're uh, being convicted in the conversations that I have, I don't have any problem. I don't. I don't think any pastor that I've come in contact with in the circles that we run in would have an issue of, of a person coming in and being a part of the congregation, listening to uh, the word of God, coming to small group. Uh, you treat them just like any other human being made in the image of God. You know, you love them by telling them the truth and you love them also by helping them through these struggles of temptation. And you find out more about their lives. You do life with these people the same way you would do any other sinner, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, before sal- salvation. And so that's, that's how I would basically treat it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to roll out the red carpet for any sin, but I am going to roll out Jesus Christ as being the only um, um, salvation for sin. And this is, you know, I, I still this from Jimmy all, all the time, you know, like homosexuality is not your first problem you got to deal with. You got to right. deal with unrepentance, right? And then from there, God will make you over into a new creature. Hmm. Yeah, you know, if, if I'm not in the same office as Pastor Henry. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, 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 I sit at the front of the church and Pastor Henry sits at the back so he can see all the petting that goes on. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know about all that. Here's You're not involved I, in any of this, are you? <laughs> here's, what, here's what I do know, that if, I, if, if somebody came to the church uh, for the first time, I would I would go and shake their hand and say, "Hey, welcome to Ecclesia. I'm glad you're here." Right. Right. Um, and then, you know, if we got to a little bit further down the road and and we started talking about here's here's my here's my issue, or they they you know confess to me, "Hey, I'm, this is the struggle that I have. Um, I'm you know a homosexual, and I'm I'm looking because I don't think uh, that I, that this is right. Well, I think you're you're in the right place, right? Let, mm-hmm. Let's 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 talk a little bit more about that." Um, one of the things, and I, I point to this because it's just true. When I'm on the streets and I'm talking to someone, one of the one of the big things I I, I share this a lot with a you know young evangelists that want to want want to come up. One of the one of the strongest arguments you can make for the reason that you evangelize is that you love people, right? Here's here's what I here's what I would say to that. What kind of man would I be if I believe that there's a hell that you will experience if you don't repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ? And I don't say anything about it. If I just allow you to continue yeah. on the path without me ever saying anything, what kind of man is that? What kind of love do I have, right? If I don't share the good news of Jesus Christ with you, right? And so ultimately, I, I, I would say this one thing. I would love them. I would love them by telling them that's a sin, mm-hmm. right? Let's talk about that. Let's, let's discuss that. Let's, let's, let's pray, and let's repent and let's put our trust in Jesus and let's let him lead us out of this wilderness. Right. Um, and so 
ultimately, uh, I think that that is the most loving thing that I could do. I'm not going to leave them where they're at. Uh, this is one thing I think that, um, that, you know, they used to say at the village all the time when I was going there, Matt Chandler's church. Uh, and he would say, it, it, it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. Mm. Right. And I think that was always powerful to me. That was always one of those things that I, that I said, you know what? It's okay for you to come to my church the way you are. It's not okay for me to leave you there. As, as, a, as one that wants to teach and lead and guide, uh, I don't want to leave you in that place. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to help you. Right. I want to, uh, I just sent y'all a, a, a clip of a, a pastor. Um, there was a, a video of some guy. This is actual footage of Jesus saving me. Right. And it's a, it's a, it's a guy taking a sheep and getting him out of a ditch. Right. And then, oh, they, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then sheep running right back in and falling back in the same ditch. <laughs> uh, and I thought, you know, that's that's appropriate. Right. But that's the job that 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 we've taken on as as, you know, leaders in the church, maybe. You know, you know to, to be fair, I mean, I, I know there are some churches out there that are heavier on this sin than other sins. And they kind of beat the drum on this sin and fit and neglect to preach on other sins. And mm-hmm. maybe their pastor is homophobic. I don't know. I'm sure there are churches out there. I know there are churches out there like that. But like you like you said, Pastor Henry, I think that's the minority. I think, you know, the, the right. broader, uh, you know, Christian church is going to treat people like this the same way they treat other people, other sinners. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to say this without trying to get too much information, but I remember when I was still with you guys, you know, we had a situation where there was a, you know, a couple that was, was living in, in sin and, and we didn't mm-hmm. allow them to serve, you know, we mm-hmm. didn't allow, and they, they had served in the past and they were used to serving. And this was, this wasn't homosexual sin. This is, you know, just heterosexual sin. Yeah. We didn't allow them to serve in the church. You know, that's the way we treated it because that's sin is sin. So, so I say that to say that, you know, just because you're you're uh, you know heterosexual homosexual, if you're living in open sin, you you're not going to be uh, you know we're going to treat it just the same way. You're not going to be allowed to serve until you deal with that issue, until you you repent and bring that to to Christ. And again, like you said, Jimmy, I mean there are going to be some people that that do struggle openly and uh, that you know aim to mortify this, but just struggle with you know same sex attraction. And that's a different thing. You know, they're they're admitting, you know, this is a, a, a an attraction that I have, but I want to mortify it. I want to kill it. Right. Um, you know, I, and I, but I, I still want to serve. And that that's a different thing. If they are, you know, still desiring to serve and they still, you know, uh, desiring to be a part of the, the, the community, we're not going to shun them out just because they have same sense of attraction. We're not going to say, you know, you sit over there. We sit over here. You know, we're going to treat them just like any other sinner. Uh, and and we're, we're, we're glad that they're being open about it. And we're glad that they're bringing it to us, you know, and they're confessing the sin. I mean, this is an important thing, right? We want people to confess every sin, not just homosexual sin. So, you know, we're glad that they're confessing their sin and we want to let them know that, you know, this is where uh, you can find forgiveness. This is where you can find a restoration. This is where you can be delivered. You can be delivered at the cross, just like me and, and this person and that person that struggles with our sin. We can bring it to the cross and we can have that sin, uh, you know, uh, paid for uh, by Jesus Christ. So, yeah, this 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 whole deal that where Andy Stanley's going about the church clobbering people, you know, again, there might be, you know, a few people that are doing that, but I think that the church as a whole is not, not meaning to clobber anybody. We're meaning to uh, show, uh, preach the gospel, show people that there is, uh, you know, salvation in, in Jesus, Jesus Christ. Amen. I would just uh, tend to say that from the Andy Stanley perspective, if you are used to listening to him, Please put on your discernment hat, right? Um, start, start, start listening to him with a lot of discernment. Uh, if he's unhitching from the Old Testament, if he's talking about how the Bible is going to lead you away from faith, uh, if he's talking about uh, the identity in Christ and how we need to have more faith, um, we need to watch out. He, he, it sounds to me like a he, he's a wolf, right, uh, in sheep's clothing. Yeah, and uh, I think that uh, at this point, it, you know, it's. it's this it's been light before, uh, but this is blatant. And I would I would I would tend to say anybody that, that's listening uh, to us, uh, warn people about Andy Stanley, right? And let them know, hey, there are better uh, teachers out there. Um, and for as for as for the gay community that you know might stumble upon our podcast, you're welcome at Ecclesia. Hey, come and come and talk to us, right? I'm I'm never going to shun you and and not talk to you. Yeah. Right? I'm never going to sit here and 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 say, "Oh no, I can't even I can't even look in your direction." That's not that's not the attitude that we would have. Um and that's my closing thought. 
we did a podcast about uh, I can't remember the title of it, but it was like when to label someone a heretic. Right. You know, because sometimes there are those heretics where they're out and outright blatant, you know, Benny Hens, the Kenneth Copeland's, the T.D. Jakes of denial of the Trinity, et cetera. But then, you know, there are there are some heretics where it's sort of a sort of a slow burn over time of actions and affirmations that you see over time of the of the denial of scripture, um, of allowing female pastors, of of affirming homosexuality, et cetera, et cetera. There's a timeline of events that brings this person closer to heresy. And I think that's what we're seeing with Andy Stanley. Uh, I, I think Andy Stanley has lived off of the pedigree of his father. And I do believe that he's a true wolf in sheep's clothing. I, I don't see, as it stands right now, any redeemable quality um, because of the fact that he is denial of, of scripture first and foremost. And when you bring in these I ideologies and you condemn the church um, instead of condemning the world and its sin against the church, then that's what I take issue with because uh, you know the church is is the church's focus should should be on transforming individuals through the gospel of Jesus Christ, not being transformed by the world through the affirmation of the flesh and sin. And so that's where I see the seat that he sits in. And I would I, I would say, yeah, you know, stay far away from him unless you're being a polemic and, and you're sort of discerning and warning other Christians about him. Yeah, well, good stuff, guys. I hope y'all out there enjoyed this episode. If you got any questions, anything to add, any pushback, make sure you search for us. You can find us online. We're at www.thesolarcast.com. You can also find us on our social media sites. We're on Instagram at the Solarcast. We're also on uh, Twitter at Solar underscore cast. And you guys are at? I'm at Los Jimmy. And I'm at Knox Broadcast. And I'm at C. Hernandez 214. Also find us on Facebook. Search for the page, like it, and share it. How come we're not on TikTok, guys? <laughs> only, only, only Jimmy knows how to use that. That's Chris, no, I, cool, I don't. Man. I don't know how to post. I know how to, you know, watch the videos, uh, but I don't know how to post on there. I, I, I've thought about it actually, but uh, you know, man, that takes a bold step right there. Because yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, man, coming you got soon. Some wizards on TikTok, man. It's, coming it's soon crazy. to TikTok, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you're in the Dallas area, you're looking to a church to visit, make sure you check us out. You can find us in the east side, www.ecclesiachurch.org, or on the south or west side, www.redemptivecity.org. But anyway, until next time. Let's get to the meat. Yes, sir. Do it. Okay. I just made this beat right now. I'm MC Goya. Okay, listen. I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel, eating about 12 tacos. I'll put you in a box like a gato. Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco. Jay thinks he runs Christian hip hop. He wears white socks when he wears his flip flops. And he looks like Shook Knight. I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight. It's not music but clothes that he started. I can find better shirts in a flea market. Okay, Google, who's the best rapper? Goya, rapping graces, full of slackers.